Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Old Word, and it's so good to be with y'all here on this Friday. Amen. And this is uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. And so to all of y'all that celebrate it, well, uh, hoping that you have a, a, a nice celebration. But, you know, I'm hoping you have a godly celebration. You know, some people, they get busy on the 4th of July and on the 5th of May, and they bring in the alcohol and doing all kinds of ungodly, wicked things and uh, just partying, hardying, riotous living and ungodly things all through the night. So, you know, if you are saying you serve the Lord, you ain't got no business out there partying in an ungodly manner this evening. Hallelujah. We need to get right with God and stay right. So I pray that you will do that. And um, I'm looking and praying that uh, God is going to help my neighborhood to stay nice and peaceful this evening. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, things go in another direction with people because people just got a mind to stand against what God says is right and holy. But, uh, you know, only thinking about themselves, only thinking about what they want to do, only thinking about their partying and going on and getting drunk and carrying on instead of realizing one of these days you're going to meet God. And so I'm praying we're going to have a peaceful sink of the mile. But any of y'all that are going to do it in a decent way, in a godly way, get that alcohol out of there. You don't need that in there. You see what I'm saying? You don't need those drugs and smoking pot and kettle. You don't need all that. Get that out of there. Amen and hallelujah. And find a way to do this in a holy manner. Now, some people in America, they say, well, what do people celebrate and sink into my for? Because, you know, that has to do with America or from Mexico, I think, being delivered from Spain. And we're not, you know, listen, uh, you know, when the Jews were carried away many times over, they were carried away by their enemy because they weren't living right and going on. And, uh, you know, and, and God would lift up his hand and the enemy would come in and carry him away. And But when they finally got their mind made up to serve God, then, you know, wherever they were, whatever place that they were, uh, that was not their land. And they would want to serve God wanting to go back through their repentant heart. So I tell you what, if, if you serve in the Lord, you serve him with your repentant heart. You, you serve him and you live for him with your repentant heart. Don't worry about everybody else. You just serve God with all your heart and don't worry about everybody else. Because you know what? God created everybody. And I'm going to tell you something else. He created this earth for everybody to share. So don't sit there and act like that, well, this section is mine and that section is theirs. No, God created the whole earth for us to enjoy, you know. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not one to say, well, let's just let everybody run across the border because there's a lot of folks coming across the border that are wicked and evil and ungodly. Uh, so I understand that. I really do. I'm not saying I don't understand those things because I do. But uh, we're going to have to make up our minds to serve the Lord and uh, allow ourselves to stand where we're supposed to because don't you know when you're called a Christian, don't you know he's made you a holy nation? So wherever you are, you could be clear across the other side of the world and you're still part of the same holy nation. That's what the Bible says. We're a peculiar people, 
a holy nation. We're se separated by uh, the spirit of the living God away from the rest of the world. So don't sit there and act like, uh, you know, uh, don't, don't get involved in all of that attitude and the behavior that's going on in this world. You say, well, then, you know, am I like, uh, does that mean you, you say we just given up on our country? Or we, I didn't say that. I get so tired of people putting words in my mouth. You know, I realize that you, you know, you try to honor the country again, you know, but what about those countries that don't even serve God? You know, what are, the, what are those people supposed to do that come to know the Lord because maybe somebody went in there telling them about it, maybe maybe just uh, trying to s sneak in there to tell them about it. You know, there's countries that where missionaries have gone in and, and they've even gotten arrested because they're in there telling people about the Lord and that government don't like that. Well, that's the flip side to things, you know, because uh, how are those the people, uh, those type of people that uh, have uh, been saved in that kind of a situation and they've been born in that country and, and maybe their country is, a, you know, communist country and all that. Uh, are they supposed to sit there and just honor an evil, ungodly country that don't want to have nothing to do with God and maybe throwing their Bibles out? I mean, come on, we got to think about this because really... Uh, the bottom line is, uh, God's people are a nation in and of themselves. So, uh, you know, if you're able to, uh, uh, you know, really look at your country with some respect, and, and you can honor your country uh, for, for the respect that's due, but let's really look here at America. Now, I'm not being mean or hateful, and I don't want people putting their word, they words in my mouth. Because I love my country. But the bottom line is, you're dying and going to hell. You, you, you're losing it, America. You, you're falling apart at the seams. Because you don't want to serve God. You've taken God, you've thrown him in the trash. You've taken the word of God and you've thrown it in the trash. And, uh, and, and so now you have no compass. You have no light. You have no guide. You've took it and threw it out. You pulled it out of the schools. So now even the students, they just act like they lost their mind. You know? I, I remember one time, you, you know, I used to say that kind of thing to my kids when they would just act like they just uh, wouldn't, they, you know, they weren't using their common sense. And you say, well, they were children. I get all that. I get all that. I understand that. But some common sense had been imparted to them by their parents. And uh, they understood. They knew where, uh, you know, you don't cross certain lines. Don't act like they, don't sit there and tell me old children don't know when you tell them. And you say, no, don't do that. We're not going to do that. We don't do that. We don't walk that way. We don't go down that road. We don't do this, that. And, and, and this is uh, where we stand. And, uh, you know, you teach your children to be respectful to adults. You don't want to turn around and be disrespectful because you're teaching them, look, this, you don't cross this line. You say, well, maybe the teacher was rude and you still don't cross that line. What you do is you come talk to me and I'll go deal with it. And I'll, I'll talk to them because I'm on the same level. I'm an adult or whatever. I did that one time with one of my sons. And, uh, well, he was a foster son of, of mine. And uh, I knew that he had been having a rough time and he had been going to visits with his mama and he would come back so angry. He was just really bothered by everything in his life and um, you know, and so um, one time a, there was a teacher that made a comment about some things, and um, so this foster son of mine he come home and he's telling me 
And I, I told him, I said, now, I don't want you to be disrespectful. I said, I will go talk to her and I will deal with it. And I got down there and uh, I, uh, my foster son walked in there and I, and I, uh, with me uh, for that moment that I was going to have a discussion with her. And I, um, I wanted him standing there for a portion of my conversation. And I confronted uh, the woman, uh, not in a rude or hateful manner in any way, because you cannot be, uh, you know, you've got to be careful what you do when you're walking with the Lord and you're serving God. But you you are called also uh, to defend those that cannot defend themselves. You're called to, to be, um, you know, a word for someone that uh, just may not be able to have a word and this particular young man i knew that he was fatherless i knew that of him and so the bible gives us very strong strong words concerning the fatherless and this was one of the reasons why we went into foster care felt the lord leading us in that direction because uh god uh, just drew us to that to to um, do the work that he called us to do for the period of time that he called us to do and so I said to her, I said, now, um, I want to, uh, I'm wanting to know, because I wasn't just going to accuse her of what he said, because, you know, sometimes children just say whatever, you know, and they, they trying to uh, say things or maybe misunderstand something in the way it was said. So I said, um, I said well, I said, my, my, my son here, I say, he say uh, this, that, and the other and I said, is that um, the way that it went? She goes, well, you know, uh, you have to understand. Da, da, da. And I realized when she began to talk that everything he said was correct. And so I looked at him and I said, um, could you go out in the hallway, please? And she kind of like gave a nervous little laugh. And so he went out and, uh, and it, he looked like he was standing near the door. And I said, no, you need to go out. And she, I think she was a little nervous because I did that, but the door was open. And uh, I turned around and I looked at her and I said, now, I said, I'm going to explain something to you. And uh, so I began to explain to her the situation. And, and the situation involved, it involved food. I do remember that. I'm not going to get into all the detail. But um, in any event, I explained some things. And, uh, and I said it to where I wanted her to understand, look, I'm, I'm here to uh, let you know you've got to be careful what you say because you didn't even know the situation here. You didn't know the whole situation, and I would really appreciate if you could treat my son uh, kinder in a kinder manner than what you said because what you said affected him. And uh, so, you know... Um, we came to a meeting with Jesus. Y'all know what I mean? Yes, we did. And there was no harsh words. They, there was no, you know, when you, when you go to deal with something, you don't have to act like the world. You don't have to be using the curse words that the world uses. You don't have to have extreme anger and, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. You, you, you cannot walk that way. You know, not only uh, uh, is it that we say, well, you shouldn't do this. No, no, you can't do that. Because you have to be the example to the world of who it is that you're standing up for. And if you can't do that, then don't sit there and say you stand up for Jesus. If you don't. If you don't walk in the manner that he asked you to walk, don't you dare sit there and use his name. 
Don't you sit there and say that you're a follower of Jesus and then you don't follow his way because you're wicked and evil and a hypocrite if you do that. Now, I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and I've got plenty of Bible on it. And so, uh, you know, but, uh, but, but I was, uh, you know, I wanted uh, my foster son to know that I was there to help him and be the, you know, father figure that, that he needed because he was fatherless. And I wanted him to know, you know, there are people that care and they're going to they gonna be there and they're going to stand with you. Uh, but also letting other people know that may feel like um, that they could be uh, in, you know, a bit of a prideful manner because this is a, a child and you're an adult and that somehow you can be um, so rude or um, um, unkind to them. And uh, so I, I didn't want that going on. And so I, I certainly said something. And I, uh, it, you know, it was a person that I had always uh, admired. Uh, I was not, but I was not going to um, let the moment pass me by that God had presented me with in order to do exactly what the Lord is, is saying. Because sometimes, you know, you, you've got to be there and you've got to step up to the plate and help somebody else. But, uh, help, you know, help them out where they needed to be helped. You know where God calls us to do so. God is very, very specific and very, very clear. You know, we're to help uh, the widows. And, the, um, and and we can look at that word more detail at another time, too, because there's a lot more involved in that word with widows, too, But because uh, it can also mean the lonely. I looked it up, and I was surprised to see that definition there. But it can also mean the lonely. So so we have a responsibility, y'all, um, to walk with the Lord and to serve Him. And sometimes you've got to step up to the plate, and you've got to um, be there to stand up for somebody if, if need be. But what that does not mean is that it goes against what God says. What that does not mean is that it goes against what God sets in His Word. And this is where we are today. We are in a generation that has twisted words. Even the holy writ of God's Word, even that which was settled in heaven, as the Bible says, His Word is forever settled in heaven, and uh, uh, God does not change. And yet you've got people that take the word of God in this day and age, in this generation, and they want to treat Jesus uh, in a manner and place him in a position that he should not be. Like he's, like he's they homie. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? Hey, that's my homie. Hey, that's my homie. Hey. No, he's not your homie. You better get some respect. Amen and hallelujah. Don't you know that's God in the flesh? Don't you know that was God in Christ? That fleshly body, God fathered that body and walking around in that body, you better give that, uh, uh, that, that Savior, that Lord, some respect. Now, certainly the Lord said he would, he would be everything that we needed him to be. You know, where where our families fail us. You know, he even says where the mother and father forsake us that the Lord would be there to take us up. God is there to fill any position that needs to be filled, but that does not mean, again, that you take God's word and you twist it up in your prideful way 
and say, oh, well, then that means, you know, we can call God a female. Not, don't you dare do that. You better stop that. Because I'm going to tell you what, you better understand something. You better understand something real good. Who is it that God robed himself in flesh with? A male or a female? You know the answer. Jesus Christ was not a female. He was a man. You say, well, what difference does that make? Oh, it makes all the difference in the world. And you better respect what God has done. You better respect his word. But you know, when you talk about these things and you say some of these things, I want to make a point. Do you know when you say things like this, when a preacher talks like this, uh, uh, or just anybody, you know, that's standing up for the word of God and standing up for the truth of God's word, if you hear these words and they are irritating you and like fingers on a chalkboard, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard going down, if that's what it makes you feel like when I say those things, you've got pride. Something's wrong in your soul. You don't have to get that right. Because you cannot take God's word and just twist it however you want. You, you can't do that because God's word is already settled. You can't come along and change it. I know that there is, uh, now we, we're talking about the things that God hates. We've been talking about that. And you say, well, I thought you, last time you was talking about your uh, testimony, a lot of that. And it's basically where it led into. And I just let myself go in the way and direction that God led me. But nevertheless, and we did end it. Uh, with some scripture, I believe that it was First Psalms, and we looked at that because God's whole word needs to be expressed and understood. Um, but in my testimony and in those things that I talk about, uh, may may some today as well. Um, when you have a testimony of where you walked without God where you walked, maybe because you didn't even know God. You know, maybe you were raised to not know God. Now, that wasn't my, my uh, story. That wasn't a part of my life. I, uh, from the time I was born, <coughs> uh, I was born to a family that was a Christian family, my mother and father. And uh, my father was a Sunday school teacher in the Southern Baptist Church. Now, my mother, she had been uh, a Pentecostal for several years before she married my father, um, but she fell in love with him, and she decided to go on and join up with him at the Baptist church and leaving her Pentecostal roots behind. But over time, it was not a long time, uh, my mother and father didn't even have, I believe, it was not even uh, six years. Um, <clears throat> my father died in the first week of November. I believe it was actually a few days after the first week, somewhere around Dece uh, November 10th, because his birthday um, was the following month. And uh, their anniversary was also coming up and um you know they didn't even get a whole six years together 
and my father died of a heart attack. And he was only 38 years old. Well, actually, he didn't even make it to his 38th birthday. He was 37. Uh, he was going to be uh, 38 in just days. He would have been 38. But um, it really wreaked havoc on my mom's emotions. Uh, she, like many people, um, you know, she already had, from what I understood as I began to uh, talk to um, my grandmother and just different ones over time, that my mother had struggled with some emotional uh, problems even as a, a young child and up in her teen, into her teens and that. And so my father's death really broke her. It really broke her emotionally. You say, well, um, why didn't she just go on ahead and blame God? Well, my mother didn't blame God for that. She just understood that this was a very deep and dark place in her life that she was walking through. But it led her into uh, heavy, heavy emotional uh, breakdowns. <clears throat> Not just one, but, um, but several. And, and they were quite severe. And my mother was even hospitalized. So... Uh, it caused my mother to be uh, emotionally fra fragile. And, you know, when we look at the Word of God, we see that there is a word talking about the feeble-minded. Now, some of those within uh, my family, I'm not going to mention names, but I'm going to say enough that people can understand because, you know, some people relate to what you're saying. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because if you tell people, look, this is what I've been dealing with, and then and then all of a sudden they go, well, that's what I'm dealing with too, then it kind of helps you to see, look, you're not the only one out here. You're not all alone. You're not all alone. There's other folks that have dealt with some of the same things. So that's the reason why I say some of the things I do. But at the same time, I've forgiven some of my family for some of the things that they've done and said and the way they've reacted and behaved over the years with different things. And I'm not saying that I'm innocent of, of any wrongdoing that maybe I had done myself. But with that said, uh, the Bible talks about taking care of the feeble-minded, just like the fatherless, you know, and God, uh, I know, led my spouse and I uh, into doing foster care for a long period of time, for 11 years doing so, and even adopting some of those children. And so we were blessed with that and thankful that the Lord allowed us um, the ability that he gave us to do and the strength that he gave us uh, to get on through that because it was not easy. Uh, it's not easy parenting children of other parents. So with that said, um, my mom, you know, she suffered some really heavy emotional issues and sometimes being hospitalized in uh, uh, mental wards, that's what they were called, um, mental hospitals, mental wards, um, sometimes months at a time. Uh, I remember my mother was at one point, she had been... Um, admitted into a mental hospital that was quite a long ways away from our home. I mean, it was a long drive. It was like a couple hundred miles away from our home. And uh, she was there for uh, about three months. Uh, and it was a, a lockdown facility where you couldn't, um, 
you know, you couldn't get out. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, I, I want to give some of these details. Now, some of these things, I am writing a book, and some of these things, the details of those things will go in the book. So I don't give a whole lot of detail, because the thing of it is, when you're writing a book, at least I found it to be so for myself, because I'm, I'm telling what I went through. And, you know, when you tell what you went through, you got to go through it again. Now, that may not be the experience for every writer, but it is for me, and it's been really hard uh, to have to relive some of these things, but that's what I feel like I'm doing when I'm writing the book, that I'm reliving these things. And so it's taken me a while to get through it because sometimes I've just, sometimes it's um, almost broken me and I've had to stop and just take, you know, a week or two or even three weeks of just, okay, i got to stop. I can't. Uh, I need to take a breather. Uh, because you're, 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 you're kind of going through it again and you're reliving it. So what I tell y'all on the podcast, I'm giving you some um, um, real simple ways of saying it. But in the book, I'm trying to be more detailed. And I know some people say, well, why put yourself through that? Well, I'm, I'm allowing myself, one that I feel that, that the Lord is leading me to do it, uh, for whatever purposes and reasons he has, that's his business. But I want to do that. And I think that, um, you know, once it's written, I don't have to go back over it again. I can let it go. Because, and so that's the thing. I've, I've got to relive it while I'm writing it. And I, once I get, like, this chapter done, which might take me a while, then I can let go of that, and I don't have to relive it again because it's written. I may have to go back, I don't know, uh, because I've never actually published a book before. I've never actually written and published, but I know that uh, somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to have somebody help me edit it to get the grammar right and the punctuation right and all that. You know, I do my best, but I know that somebody's going to have to help me uh, with that before I uh, go and submit uh, it to a publisher. And I realize, too, that that can be a daunting process in, a, in and of itself because uh, some people, they can submit over and over and over to one publisher after another, after another, after another, uh, before, uh, you know, something happens. But I look at it this way. The Lord is in charge, and the Lord will guide us to the right one. And even if that means, you know, you go through 30, 40, 50 different publishers before you get, well, then God will be the one to uh, lead it to the right place that it needs to go and I think about that you know I've thought about that when I read that because there, I've read you know sometimes I, I will look at certain writers just because of that you know just to kind of get a feel of what what they're going through and it's kind of amazing to me because I I'll read some things that writers will say and I'll think wow that's exactly what happens to me and, and, you know, and so it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not the only one. And so that's the reason why. And then it helps me to get through because I realize I'm not the only one that's rewriting the same sentence maybe 15 or 20 or 30 times and having to try to rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it. And I thought I was the only one doing it. I thought, what's the matter with me? And then I read that some writers, they go through the same thing. And, and, and I'm over there and I got a pile of papers I'm crumbled up and thrown away because I didn't like the way that chapter went or I didn't like that. And I had to go through it again because maybe I missed a piece or a part that I felt was important to the, the 
fuller understanding of what was taking place and how maybe that I was feeling uh, as a child back then. So yeah, y'all have to understand that uh, when I'm when I'm writing, uh, you say, well, why would I even think that? Well, because I'm telling you that I'm I'm trying to write this book, and the book. You know, it's not just about my testimony. My testimony is in the book. But the book has um, certainly the Word of God in it. And it is geared towards uh, an understanding of certain scriptures and that kind of thing. But the life that's led from point A to point B to point C, so on and so forth, that gets me to that place where the book is finally uh, published. I mean, I'll, I will see that as the ultimate end result of it all. But um, but with that said, I, I am zeroing in on certain things concerning the scriptures. Because, you know, like I said, so many people, there's a lot of people out there that if they had went through even half of what I've been through, they would have just said, oh, there ain't no God. And they would have just said, oh, uh, how could you even believe in God because of this, that, and other and, and, but, but you know, God is going to give somebody another story or maybe something similar that these folks have gone through. Or, or maybe they, they, you know, some people may have gone through things worse than me. And I'm not saying at all that mine is the worst of anybody. But I'll tell you, certainly, um, you know, if people finally get that book in their hand and they look and they see. Because I, I, I literally place myself in those spaces where I were you know like when certain things happened when I was a certain age, like when my dad died you know I didn't know my daddy died you know in the 60s nobody talked about that and all they said was he went to Jesus well I didn't really understand all that and uh, so I, I talk about those things but when I talk about them I literally am that child sitting in the corner crying and I go back to the <clears throat> I go back I go back to that and excuse me but I go back to it and I um I allow myself to be that little boy back on that floor sitting there wanting to know why my mom's sobbing like she is, you know. When she came home from the hospital and people were carrying her in the house and, and she's just out of it. Her mind's gone because my daddy's died. And uh, I remember looking at her and I, I, I ran up to her because I couldn't figure out why that, um, you know, these two women were trying to carry her and she was like almost like dead weight to them and they were really struggling and I ran up to her and I'm just a little boy and I said what's wrong with you mama and she couldn't answer me um and uh so I go I go through those things and I'm I'm sorry when I go back to it, it's 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 a it's a hard thing to go to. It's a hard thing for that little boy to see his mama like that. And I walk up and I say, "Mama, what's wrong?" And 
and she can't talk back to me because she's so lost in her grief. And I never heard the sounds that I heard come out of my mom's mouth. Her, her voice, I never heard somebody moan like that before. It was a sound that was very eerie then, and when I replay it over in my mind, it's, it's eerie to me even today because it was um, it was so deep down inside of her. And uh, so with that said, <clears throat> I really need to move on here. Um, I try to, um, <sighs> Lord help me. I try to um, do my best as I, I give this Bible study every time that I come to this podcast, I I, I want to give the whole word of God. And I want to give the whole word of God because there's so many facets to the word of God and so many pieces to God's word that helps support us in those times that are so hard to get through and so difficult to get through. And a lot of people don't know that. They, they, they literally, they don't know that. They don't, they don't know that Look, God loves you. Sometimes when you say that to people, it, it, it's hard to get through to them what you really mean until you yourself have been through something so horrific and so difficult. Um, you know, as, as I have been. Uh, and I, I remember... As, as a teenager, I remember visiting, and one, my mother was put in mental hospitals more than once, and I remember one time as a, a young boy, I, I, don't, I wasn't a teenager at that time, I was actually preteen, and um, I remember some family members, well, they were family members that were married into the family. Uh, they were watching my sister and I. They had been taking care of us while my mother was there. And uh, they took us over there for a visit. And I remember when my mama, well, they take you into a room um, where you wait, you know, where the family waits. It was a big, uh, I don't know, they called it the recreation room, I think. But there was a lot of stuff in there, like a piano, big TV and pool table and other things that people that were in there used. It was a really huge, huge room. Um, and we sat there on the couches. There were quite a few couches in there. And we sat there waiting on my mom to come out. And I remember when she came out, she was walking like a zombie because of the drugs that they had her on. That was back in the early 70s. And, and I remember saying to somebody, why is mom walking like that? Now, this was several years after my daddy had died. And... Um, you know, I seen all the things that m my mother went through. Uh, other family members that claimed to be Christians, they would become frustrated with my mother because because of her struggles, her emotional struggles, and they just thought, well, you need to just get up and get over this and move on. I mean, some people, um, they didn't always say it that way, but that's the way they would treat her and sometimes say things that were quite close to that uh but you know um 
as her son, I just watched these things. And over the years, it gave me a compassion for people. Whenever I see people that have emotional struggles, I've got other family members that, that I won't mention who they are, but I've got other family members that um, ha have had some similar uh, emotional struggles as my mother. And it gave me a compassion that I never would have had that I never would have been able to reach into uh, if I had not experienced some of the things that I did. And, you know, some people will take those things that they struggle with in life and they go through in life with, and um, and I, there's so much more to the story. Those are just some of the... Um, I, I don't even know if I'm going to call that my test part of my testimony, but, but it is part of my life, so I guess it is. Um, but you know, the thing is, life is, is so hard and difficult, and the Bible tells us that. It forewarns us that those things uh, are true, that life is short and it's full of trouble and it's got difficulty, and the Lord never said, never. You've got these preachers that are just false liars, they're phonies, they're hypocrites, and telling people, oh, you come to Jesus and everything's going to be perfect, and you're going to be rich, and you're going to be that. Just If you hear those preachers and you listen to them, or you, you go into their church, I'm telling you right now, you need to get out of there. Because those people are lying to you. Because life is difficult, life is tough, and life is full of uh, struggles and pain and suffering. But here's the thing. Here's the blessed hope in Jesus is that if you can get somebody like like myself I'm not I'm not lifting myself up I'm just saying somebody like myself or or others that have gone through some of these similar things that I'm talking about or maybe worse than what I have I mean I, I know I've read a couple of stories of things of people testimonies that I've seen where a couple of them they turned into movies and everything it's like wow I thought my situation was bad and it was my situation was really bad I mean there's some really uh, mo difficult moments. I mean, I, I got to the point where at 14 years old, I attempted suicide. I don't mean I was just thinking about it. No, I, I literally attempted. And once I got to the emergency room, my heart actually stopped. Um, but God, hallelujah, hallelujah. God was so gracious to me and kind to me to put my spirit back in my body and let me keep living. And so I thank God for that. And I've been able to live for over 62 years now. And I, I thank God for those things because, um, you know, uh, my life was full of so much pain and hurt at that time. And, and so I thank God uh, for the help that he's given me. Because, you know, from that point, you know, I was almost 15. And so when you... You know what? My age now. We're talking. Um, what do we say? Forty. About forty years added on to that. Almost forty years since that time that God has given me almost forty years of living uh, that I would not have had if the Lord had not put my spirit back in my body, and I know that He did. And. Um, I've got a testimony about that. And I've mentioned some of those things. I know some people, when I talk about that happening to me and what I saw and what I experienced when my heart stopped, I know some people, they're just going to think I'm just making it up. But I'll tell you what, you want to put me on a lie detector test, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pass it because I know what I saw. And uh, I know what I experienced. And uh, I thank God. I just, 
I thank him because he's been good to me. And um, you see how, you know, that's the thing. You know, some people, they say, you know, they listen. I've, you know, some people listen to, to everything and they say, how did you get through? And I said, God. I said, God got me through. Uh, you know, I even had one of my relatives, he, he said to me one day this many years ago, and knowing so many things that I've got through, he said, he said, I don't understand why you've not been like turned into like a mass murderer, why you haven't like uh, just lost your mind or that you're in prison or something like that. And I understood what he was saying. He said, because of your life and everything you've been through, and he's, he said, I, he said it's just amazing. And I said, well, I said, that's because God's amazing. God's amazing. And uh, he's good, and he's loving, and he's kind, and um, but he's holy, you see. And that's the thing that irritates people about me because I preach very strongly, very, very strongly about holiness and separation from the world. I'm very, very adamant about that. Because it is God's word. But everything that I've been through and everything that I've struggled through and everything that I have dealt with, and, and you know, and I'm going to say this, I want you to understand, and even things that um, day by day, you know, look, there's some things in life when I've heard people say like, you know, some people, I don't think they understand when they hear somebody like a, a person that's been a, a, a addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol or, or whatever they case may be i understand what they're saying when they say it's day by day because of the things that i've dealt with and and even today i say it's a day by day i get up every day and i say god i need strength for today i need strength to fight that devil today i need strength to get over anything that comes to me today because see the devil is never going to be off his job you got to understand that He's never going to be off his job as long as you live. He's not going to be off his job. He's going to continue to try to stop you from serving God. He's going to do everything that he can to try to make you as miserable as he can that you would dare turn and say, I don't believe in God. That's what the devil wants. But if you can find somebody that can give you a testimony of all the things they've been through and then just stand there and say, no, no, don't do that. you got to hang on. With all your heart. Because God can give you strength and he can do it day by day. God can give you strength to get through every day. But you got to hang on to him. And the Lord, you know, he's so gracious and so kind to us that he gives us the direction on how to do that. He gives us, That's why I'm so adamant about teaching and, 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 you know, preaching the word of God. Because God's word gives us those directions. He gives us the guidance and the things that we need. So we've been talking about, you know, the things that God hate, hates. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't like that. They don't want to hear that. Oh, God is not hate. That's the God of the Old Testament. Don't you know the God of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New Testament? Do you know they are one and the same God? It's not another God. It's the same God. But God, he, he fathered himself a body and then began to walk among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten son. But uh, Jesus is God. And it's the same God that spoke to Moses in that burning bush. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. That's what Jesus said. And they became angry, those around him that heard. As they said, you're, you're likening yourself unto God and, and the Son of God. They understood the term Son of God meant 
God come in the flesh. They understood that that he's walking in this body that God has 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 in Christ has come to reconcile the world. And they they had a hard time understanding that. And still today people have a hard time understanding it. So they twist it up and they confuse it with all kinds of things, even things like the Trinity and all kinds of things that they use. And and you say, well, that's what the majority of Christendom believes and all that. So they got to be right. No, look at the word of God. Look at the Word of God and look how many times God does not go down that road. He does not go down that road. No. So you got to understand when the Lord said to Israel in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He meant exactly that. And when Jesus said before Abraham was, I am, that's what he said to Moses. Because Moses said, well, who do I tell the people? Who do I tell... All these people that you're sending me to to bring them out of Egypt, who do I say sent? Uh, me. And he says, tell them I am that I am. Well, that same one that said I am that I am in the burning bush is the same one uh, out of the mouth of Jesus. Jesus' flesh, that, that is the, what we see. That's how we see God, you know, in the flesh of Jesus. Moses saw him in the burning bush, but we see this, uh, this person standing here, and he is God in Christ reconciling the world to himself through that body, through the Son of the living God, the body that God's Spirit fathered. Because don't you know, the Lord was fathered by the Holy Ghost. There's only one Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Not some old man on a throne with a long gray beard. You know, people got all kinds of twisted up things going on in their head and they don't understand the word of God. But I'm grateful that God gave me the time to continue to live. I am grateful that after I attempted to, and a lot of times I tell people I committed suicide because I actually, my heart stopped and died. But then the Lord brought my heart back to beating and put my spirit back in my body and I was breathing again and um, I'm so grateful for that experience I mean it just knocked me for a loop when it happened to me it's like whoa what happened to me and I have never ever allowed myself to think for one second that there was not life after death after that happened but I understood God gave me just a, a few moments out of my body for me to understand that and for me to also understand as he led me to be baptized with the holy ghost and led me to the word of god uh through more of an understanding of the word of god you know i like i said to y'all earlier uh my daddy was a sunday school teacher in the southern baptist church and him and my mom got married and she went on with him left the pentecostal church that she was in and uh and then, you know, like I say, a few years later, he died. And my mom had just stayed right there. She didn't go back to the Pentecostal church for many, 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 many years. Many years. So don't be frustrated if you see relatives. I want to say this to some folks. Um, if you are holiness, if you're Pentecostal holiness, apostolic, and you see family members that uh, left and maybe they joined up somewhere and and uh, maybe even somewhere like Southern Baptist, because you know Southern Baptists, they, they believed that baptism of the Holy Ghost is not even happening anymore, that when people say they've been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that it was just some drummed up thing, stirred up thing, or whatever, that it wasn't really real. 
Uh, and my mother stayed under that, knowing full well she had been baptized with the Holy Ghost. My mother was baptized with the Holy Ghost when she was a teenager as well. She was uh, one of the, well, the first one of her siblings to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and um, with the evidence of speaking of the tongues. And, and she was just as drenched in the Holy Ghost as I was when God baptized me with the Holy Ghost. And it was just amazed me that our the situations were so similar. And you said, well, then if your mother was baptized with the Holy Ghost as a teenager, then why did she experience the emotional trauma and struggles and all of those things? Listen. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're all human beings. We're all human beings. And and we we have a flesh that we struggle with. We, we have this flesh and we deal with it uh, in, in some ways. Others uh, may deal with it or not deal with it. You know, my mother, you know, when her emotional... Um, like like I said, my, my my grandmother did tell me for a while that my mother had struggled with uh, a lot of emotional problems even as a young child. And so that kind of helped me to know that that was her struggle. That was her battle. That was where she's at. And I, and I, I see every human being I've ever met. If, if, you, if you're a human being and you say you don't have any kind of struggle, I'm going to tell you flat out you're lying through your teeth. You're a liar. And you need to go repent. Because all liars have their part in the lake of fire. Don't sit there and tell me you don't have some kind of struggle somewhere. Don't sit there and tell me that you don't deal with something. You're a liar. Even if it's something physical. You know, I don't mean that everybody's got, that everybody deals with emotional problems. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is some people deal with different types of emotional problems that may lead to different things. Or maybe somebody's dealing with, uh, maybe you're dealing with certain physical things in your body and you've dealt with that all your life. You know, maybe some people might be born with heart problems. Some people might be born with um, kidney problems. Or some people, uh, maybe they develop them over years. But don't sit there and tell me that you you don't, that your body's perfect and that you don't have any struggles whatsoever because you are lying. And you need to go to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm a liar and I need to repent because I'm going to go to hell. You need to tell yourself that in the mirror so that it dawns on you. I think that if you look yourself in the mirror and you say that two or three times, I'm a liar and I'm going to go to hell if I don't repent and uh, the, all liars go their part, uh, have their part in the lake of fire because Jesus said so. If you believe in Jesus, well, that's what his word was. The word of God tells us, and you say, well, Jesus didn't say this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Listen, all of this word was written by God himself. And, 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 and you've got to understand something about Jesus. That was God in Christ. Okay? The Bible tells us in Colossians 2 and 9, chapter 2 and verse 9, that all the fullness of the God had dwelt in Jesus bodily. So all of the power... All of the uh, the judgment, the ability to judge, and the ability to to bring uh, uh, to pass whatever uh, punishment needs to come, or whatever correction needs to come, or or whatever just uh, you, you know, like we talked about uh, the things that that God has said in His Word about how you treat the fatherless and how you treat the widows or the lonely or or the feeble-minded and that kind of thing. Those ways that you see a lot of time. People get that word judgment twisted up because if you look in the scriptures, you'll find a lot of time he's what he's trying to say is that you need to make a right judgment, a right decision, a right uh, and proper judgment about how you're dealing with 
these different people and the struggles that they have or whatever. And that's why I said what I did about some of my relatives, because some of them just didn't do it quite the way that the Lord wanted to do, uh, wanted, wanted them to do. And I know that because I see the scriptures. But um, I will say this, you reap what you sow. And I've seen a lot of times that things have come to some of those very same people with other things, another one way or another, uh, they've reaped what they've sown in one way or another. Because, uh, you know, you you got to be careful what you say. Because when you say certain things, you're sowing a seed. And that seed is going to germinate. It's going to germinate. And it's going to it's going to create something. And so if you're going to be mean and hateful and you keep on, or you're going to be, uh, maybe you're, you're, you're rude and unkind because you just don't seem to understand somebody that struggles with emotional problem or uh, struggles with a certain physical problem. You know, I remember one time there was a, a, in the Pentecostal church I belonged to when I was in California, there was a certain minister I'm not going to mention his name, but um, he preached a lot, a lot of times in church. There was different ones that would be able to get up in the pulpit. I don't mean we had multiple pastors. I don't mean that, but uh, I had a wonderful pastor. His name was Brother Keys, but a good, good man of God and a lot of wisdom. Uh, but anyway, there was different, uh, what was called assistant pastors, and that just simply means there was different ones to kind of hold the ministry up and, and what they were doing there uh, with that ministry. But this particular one, his wife got sick. Now, I'm not going to say what it was she got sick with because if I do that, people, because of the disease that she had, you would know certain things. And I don't want it to zero in on anybody. So I'm leaving that part out for a reason. I know that might frustrate some people. And you might say, oh, there's no way of that. Oh, yeah, there is. Because if I said it, yeah, people would go ABC, and they would make the connections, and I'm not going to do that. And and I say that because somebody might be listening to this podcast that may have belonged there, and, and you know, so I want to be uh, kind and considerate. Uh, you say, well, are you going to be telling something that ain't so? No, I'm not telling something that ain't so. Uh, it's just that there are other people involved, and there's other family members involved, and so you have to be careful what you say. Like when I... Uh, I've testified to the fact on this last part of the testimony, the first part that I was doing uh, on um, Tuesday. You know, I mentioned about the fact that I'd went to, this was a Pentecostal pastor, and I had been, uh, you know, looking to him as my pastor for those um, several months I'd been there before I finally went to him and was wanting to explain to him my struggle with uh, same-sex attraction and, and that. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And and, the, and he literally used it to try to start drawing me in and, and trying to entice me and trying to pull me in. And um, I was just, it, it was, um, my mind just was going in umpteen different directions uh, because I was, I was, it, you know, and I go into more detail with that and will with the book, but, um, and I'm not trying to frustrate people with that. 
It's just that, like I said, I can only relive it so many times. So, um, uh, all I can say to you is this right now is that I know certain people that were involved in um, with that church and family members and all of these things, and I try to be careful with you know names and uh, that kind of thing because you know hurt can come back again, and I'm not about that. I'm not. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. I'm not here. I'm not even trying to, you know, some people, they, they don't understand when I say things like this. I'm not even trying to hurt that one that um, misused me and, uh, and abused me spiritually. I, I'm not trying to hurt them because I realize that they had their own issues and their own problems too. Uh, a lot of people say, well, I wouldn't have that kind of compassion on one that tried to pull me in and trying to entice me and trying to, um, well, then maybe God's not done with you yet. Maybe you haven't gotten to the place to where you learn to love those that maybe either you look at them, maybe, it, maybe not necessarily as an enemy, but you look at them as a tool of the enemy that Satan used as a tool of the enemy and 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 if you can look at it probably from that standpoint that it, it was like a tool of the enemy to try to destroy you then maybe you can have more compassion with the one that was the tool because Jesus said to love your enemy so however you want to look at it and however you want it you say well I could never forgive the person that maybe um, you know like for me, I, I was raped. I was brutally raped when I was nine years old by two um, teenage, well, they were just about grown men with their age. Um, but I came to a place where I forgave them and I honestly, um, you know, mean that. I, I want them to, I prayed for God to send somebody their way to save them. To I, I don't know where they are now, but I'm just saying. Uh, that if they are still alive, they were actually, you know, older than me. Like I said, they were almost adult age. Uh, so, um, I don't even know if they're alive. I don't know anything about their life. You know, we moved out of Texas and, uh, and I was gone for many, many years, decades, decades. So, you know, coming back here, I w don't know, but I, I, I want to say this, that uh, I want people to understand I did forgive them. You say, how can you do that? Because you have to. And not only you have to, because the Lord said, if you don't forgive, he's, the Father in heaven is not going to forgive you. But I want to. I want to forgive those that hurt me. I want to forgive those that harmed me, that put me in a... In a um, well... I remember one day my son said to me, because he saw me walking out, we were had gone to the store and I was walking through the parking lot, and I everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I don't care where I am, I'm, I'm, I have a habit of looking behind me. And I have a habit of looking behind me for a reason, because I've been through so much trauma. Uh, my stepfather was very abusive, he was mentally ill himself, and I suffered an astounding amount of abuse under him.
and I forgave him as well. And people, they don't understand that. But listen, if you gonna hang on to your unforgiving heart and you claim to be a Christian, you're going to go to hell. I don't know how else to say it to you. And I'm trying to be mean. Uh, excuse me, I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> I meant to say I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I, I really am not. I'm not trying to be mean when I say you're going to go to hell. I, I say that, and usually when I'm preaching, and I say that in my preaching is... Many octaves higher than what I'm saying right now. And y'all have heard me be much higher uh, octave in my voice than this on this podcast. But when I, I got to talking about my testimony, I, I don't know, I just kind of slowing down. And uh, um, because as I'm going through these memories, I'm having to even deal with what I feel while I'm sitting here. And so I, you know, and I, I, but I want to get the word out, and I want people to understand. Look, uh, it, it's not that I didn't suffer. You know, some people may say, "Well, you just didn't suffer enough, because otherwise you wouldn't have never forgave him." Oh no, no, I, I, I've gone through enough in some of the chapters that I've read, because I, I had to take myself back. Um, and that was probably the hardest part of the book to write. One of the hardest. I had to take myself back to that moment when I was raped. And I literally felt terror inside of my heart as I was doing it. As I was going through it and I was writing and I started sobbing. I got to the point where I couldn't even write because I started sobbing because I could feel myself as that little nine-year-old boy and I wanted to reach in there and I wanted to just take him out of there but I couldn't do that not you know literally I couldn't do that but but I kind of um, feel like that I've been able to sort of kind of do that kind of helping that little boy to get through it and say look you were over there and you were hurting and you were scared and you thought you were going to die. But you didn't die and God didn't let you. And yes, it was very painful and it was very scary. But I'm okay now. And you know, some people say, no, you're not okay because you're crying. You know, um, I don't agree with that. And you can say what you want. I've had, you know, differing views on that with me. Because I, I did go through some counseling. Um, and, and some said to me, and I, I knew that some understood. Some said to me, no, you know, as you're going through this and as you're walking through this, because whenever I first told somebody, um, I wasn't an adult. I mean, I wasn't a kid. I wasn't a kid. I was an adult when I first told somebody. But I wasn't, um, as an adult, able to get 
through it like I needed to at that time when I told, when I first told many, many years ago. I wasn't at a, at a place um, that I, I could really face it head on and get through it, you know. And so God has been so good to me because he's helped me through other things that I've gone through, other uh, really traumatic things that I've had to deal with that have helped me to get through and I've become stronger and stronger as a person. And I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but um, it, 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 the things that you go through, you, you can allow them to do one of two things. They can either break you or they can make you. That's how I see it. They can either break you or they can make you. And I, I thought, you know what? I, I, I've got to let this make me who I am. And I've got to... And, and I, what I, the only thing that I can really do is I keep going back to the Word of God, even when I backslid, because I did backslid slide, and I, I talk about that. And some people don't believe that there's such a thing. Well, there is. You know, you're, you're, if you've, you know, some people say, well, you know, that term is not even in the New Testament. Well, it's not. Uh, it is all through the Old Testament, though. And, and the thing of it is there's illusions to it you know not the word itself uh but there's illusions that uh the apostles give uh, through certain words and even jesus himself so whether that specific word it, it's like the word y'all uh know full well that there's a lot of people out there say oh the word rapture's not even in the bible well we know that you think we're ignorant to that? That we don't know that word? But what has that got to do with anything? Just because a certain word was used to express what the Bible's talking about don't mean that the Lord isn't going to catch the church away. And you're a fool to think that just because that word was translated and said rapture that, uh, that people keep using, that somehow uh, because you don't see that word, so that must not... That must not be something that's actually going to happen. No, that's not it. It's just that people, sometimes they just catch on to certain words to express something. Now, I will say this. If that word does not defy God's word, okay? Because there's some words nowadays that people are using, um, you know, like everybody say, Oh, well, there's not really any binary. Oh, no, there's no real binary. I'm not binary. You know, and, and this is not something that you would have heard in everyday language as we keep hearing it repeated over and over now. Now, that word binary has been around for a long time. But you didn't hear it when I was growing up. People didn't use that word. Not like it's being used now. And y'all know that's the truth. I mean, if you've lived in the day and age that I did, growing up in the 60s and 70s, you full well know that word wasn't, you didn't, it just wasn't, you know. I mean, I had to look it up. I mean, I, 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 when I first heard it, and this was just a few years ago, and I, and I had to go get the dictionary and look it up, my, and then it dawned on me why it was being used. And then I looked at the origin of the word and how long it had been around and that kind of thing. And then it, it, it but, you know, people... Uh, they want to 
if, if your words stand against what God's word says and you keep standing there, that's pride. Now, for you to say, I'm non-binary, you're standing against God's word. And when I say those things, I'm not being mean and hateful because, you know, with me having dealt with, um, you know, dealing or whatever you want to say, uh, certain things about my own sexuality, you know, dealing with same-sex attraction as I have over the years and that kind of thing. And I've, I've come to... Uh, see and understand some things. You know, I, I understand that I, I am a, what would be really a eunuch uh, in the scripture. And I've, I've come to see that I am there. God has spoken about people like me. And, and you yourself, it may take you a while to get there to understand. You know, the Lord talks about you. If you're, you know, you, you, you don't, maybe you don't, uh, you know, have the same uh, attraction as other people do. Maybe you're uh, different but you can't go taking things out of context that are out of context with God's word and then trying to apply it and trying to say well this is just the way that it is I don't care what the word of God says well that is pride that is self that is self-centered and the Bible talks about that and when we read about that and I believe it I'm gonna go there right now I think it's in second uh, Timothy, I think it is. Second Timothy. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter 3. It says this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And that word perilous, it means dangerous. For men shall be, now that word men is actually translated human beings. So for human beings shall be lovers of their own selves. Of their own selves. It's what I want, what I need, what I think, no matter what God's word says. Well, that's what it's telling us right here in chapter 3, and it's calling it dangerous times. These are dangerous things for people to be doing and saying that don't square up with God's word. If you say, I'm this way, and God says, no, I formed you in the womb. You know, we know that that's true. We look at the testimony of Jeremiah and you say, well, that was Jeremiah. No, this is something that you find throughout the scripture that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but God creates us. And, and there's so many scriptures that verify this. God is the one that molds us and shapes us in the womb of our mother and uh, not the womb of our father. There is no such thing. But that's what's happened. We've got a dangerous world that we have come upon and uh, they are geared to love themselves and whatever they have to say. This is the reason why, you know, uh, when I was in my 20s and 30s, you never, ever, ever, especially in my 20s, so I was, that was back in the 80s, 1980, you would not have seen uh, like mothers or Christians or anything like that you would not have seen, you may have seen maybe one or two here and there uh, that were just um, against the norm. But you would not have seen so many people that run around with tattoos. You wouldn't have saw it. Because what it was really, even in the 80s, the 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, those things were uh, a part of certain groups of people. You say, well, that don't matter. Things have changed. No, 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 no. You don't understand. God don't change. People do. 
Not things, but people do. And people had a mind and a thought. This is not, you know, when I say that, I'm talking about Christians because this is a podcast for, uh, you know, uh, God's whole word. If you're going to be listening to this, why are you listening to this if you don't want to know something about God's word? If you don't want to know something about God's word, why are you listening? Is it to take things apart that I'm saying or or to try to slam me or try to get use, use me like other people used me and abused me? You want to take and use what I'm saying so you can put it up on your platforms and on your uh, podcast so you can say, oh, listen to this idiot and listen to what he's saying, blah, blah, blah. Is it what you're doing? Just so that you can gain up your whatever you do. I don't know what people do. I mean, they do certain things to try to make money. I'm not here on this podcast or even the the YouTube channel that we have, the Eunuch Preacher, that was not created and neither was a podcast created in any way, shape, or form to be, I heard this word used, you know, because people, my son said, oh, well, people, they can get monetized and stuff. Because at one point, for a very brief period of time before the Lord led me into doing a podcast and, and, and the Eunuch Preacher, that YouTube channel, I started out to just do a cooking show because I like to cook and my son... He helped me get all that squared away and, and showing me how to take pictures of the food. And I, I did a little bit of that. And he said, Dad, you know, if you get enough followers over time, you can be monetized. And he explained all that. But then there came a point when I realized that all of that that I did in preparing for that, and, and we even had like a short period of time that we did that. And I would show people how I cook certain things and, and that kind of thing. And, and just certain recipes that I learned over the years from my mom and my grandmother and everybody. And uh, just things that I've learned having so many kids and trying to feed a lot of people and all that kind of thing. Well, there came a point whenever I realized what the whole purpose and reason was because God was trying to get me, uh, one, to be comfortable in front of that camera because I was not comfortable at first. And then the other thing was uh, just uh, the whole issue of how much is involved with this and letting me see all of that um, so that, you know, the Lord would lead us into what he wanted us to do, to to have the the YouTube channel of the Eunuch Preacher, which we do um, tape our, um, we pre-tape those um, services, I call them worship services, uh, because we're not a church per se, we certainly can't do that because we uh, where we live, we're not allowed. We got to be really careful what we do. We're not allowed to, you know. You can't have a church, per se, uh, in this area in your home. Blah blah blah. Worship service is different. You know, Bible study is different. That kind of thing. So, uh, but one day I'm praying that as uh, you know. But I want the Lord's will. I don't want to do something that's out of His will. But if it's His will uh, to move forward, I know that the Lord has put something in my heart about a church and whether or not I get to to. Uh, pastor that or whether it's just something that God is going to leave me to help uh, put it together to get it together um, I'm uh, whatever God wants I'm, I'm just I'm just taking his lead so with that said uh, there came a point when the Lord began to talk to me as I was praying that this was what we were going to lead into and so I let go of the cooking show and we led into this but I want to say something when I led into that YouTube channel and I disengaged from that cooking show no way, no how, no shape, form, or nothing. I don't have no mind to monetize nothing as what was being explained to me about the cooking show. And I really didn't have a mind for that either. I was just 
I was trying to get some cooking shows going so that my adult children, a lot of them grew up with a lot of things that I cooked, and some of them would call me up, hey, Dad, how'd you cook this or how'd you cook that? Well, I said, well, you could just go to the cooking show and you can look it up and, and that. And that, that would give them that memory and that kind of thing. So I was kind of going along with it in that way. But it was just explain that to me that people, they do do this. And, you know, like some people that have got like thousands and thousands of followers and all that kind of thing. Well, listen. I got a mind of this way. If only one person, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. If one person, you understand me, gets saved and I don't meet them till we get to heaven, and they come up to me and they say to me, because of what I heard, because of what I heard on your YouTube and because of what I heard on your podcast, I am here with you. And I've been saved, and we are walking with the Lord right here beside the Lord. It will be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Because one soul out of heaven, hell and into heaven is worth it all. Walking with the Lord. You know, and, and some people, you know, they talk about that as well. You know, how do you know where you're going to go? Well, look. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I pass, I don't know exactly where uh, it is that the Lord is going to be. I don't know. I mean, I know that his throne is in heaven and all those things. But where he takes me at and what he does, all I know is I want to be wherever Jesus is. Because honestly, you know, the Bible talks about how we'll come back and we'll rule and reign with him on the earth for a thousand years. So wherever the Lord is, wherever he is, I want to be there. Wherever the Lord is, that's where I want to go and I want to be with Him. Because uh, He's the one that has gotten me through so many struggles and so many difficulties and so many battles. And, and I'm hoping that I can encourage somebody to understand, look, life can be really difficult. And you can suffer through so many things. You know, I, like I said, I've suffered through depression. I've suffered through anxiety. And I, I was trying to say something about that earlier because my son... He saw me one day, well, one of my sons, this particular son, and uh, he saw me walking. He was, uh, I had picked him up from work, and we were walking through the parking lot to the car and because uh, I had to go into the store before I went home, and we had come back through the parking lot going to the car. And he noticed the way that I am, and I've been that way for just years and years and years and years. And uh, he said, Dad, he said, do you have PTSD? And I looked at him and I said, why don't you ask that? He said, because he said, you're always, when you're walking, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder and turning. I said, I've always done that. I said, I've done that since I was a kid because of the abuse that I went through with so many people and my stepfather and different ones. And so uh, I have a tendency to, you know, if I hear people, I hear footsteps behind me, I have a tendency to turn around and see who's coming up and why they're coming up, what seems to be quick, uh, and that kind of thing. And so, listen, people are people. Humans are humans, y'all. And uh, we can go through some things, and we can struggle through some things, and we can have uh, different difficulties that we deal with, and maybe even people that serve in the Lord and baptize with the Holy Ghost, they may have... Uh, some emotional struggles that they have you know I've, I've known of, of some you know they and they have uh, maybe sometimes 
they're, they're needing help with some medication and that kind of thing to help regulate them in that body and that kind of thing. Uh, but, but they're leaning on God. And they understand that whatever they're doing, like, like me, you know, I got blood pressure med. Well, I know that God is the one that gave the scientists the brain or whoever it is that put it together to make that so that people can use it when they need to to help regulate their blood pressure and all. But I know that it ultimately all goes back to God because God gave them the brain and the thoughts and the mind to do. And then uh, gave the doctor the thoughts and the mind to be what they do to say, okay, well, you're going to need this. And, and then, uh, uh, you know, letting me be able to take it to keep my blood pressure where it needs to be. Um, you know, and I take gout medicine. Now, I, you know, my father had gout. I inherited it from him. And I take uh, gout medicine every day in order to keep myself from having gout attacks because they're very, very painful. But just because I may have suffered, and I've suffered a lot of them over the years until I, uh, they finally got things regulated, the medication regulated right, and my, my eating habits correct, uh, you know, to help it out and all that, and adjusting all those things. Um, you know, but I've suffered many gout attacks, and I'm going to tell you what, they are very, very painful. But did that mean that God was not there? Absolutely not. But did the Lord get me through? Hallelujah, yes, he did. Because you see, life is short and full of trouble. We got, you know, we're going to deal with pain and we're going to deal with suffering. And we're going to deal sometime emotional struggles and different things that we go through and problems that we've encountered and maybe people treating us terrible and maybe even just, uh, you know, I mean, severe. You know, because I, I can tell you some things that, you know, some people, they were just astounded. I even been able to have a, even a halfway sane mind, you know? But I know that Jesus is the one that wakes me up with my... Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. The Lord is the one that wakes me up in my right mind. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he gives you a sound mind. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. And so I'm grateful to that, and I'm thankful to that. But listen, if people get prideful and they think that they don't need a God, you know, the Bible says that God hates a proud look, and that's what we've been talking about. We... We're talking about the seven things that God hates in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 19 through 20 or 21, whatever it is. Oh, no, actually, actually, I think it's 16 through 19. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to go there real quick because I'm going to quote that correctly. It's Proverbs 6. Let's see. Yeah, 16 through 19. So I wanted to get that correct. And, uh, and, and you know, the first thing on the list is seven. Now, like I said before, it doesn't mean that that's all that God hates. But if you look at this list of things, there's so many things that's compacted into that. And that's why we haven't gone past the proud look yet because there's so many things involved in that. And that, that's why we're talking like we are today and I'm trying to you know integrate some of my testimony with it and all. Um, but this is perilous times. 2 Timothy in chapter 3, this you know, the last days is perilous, perilous times shall come. Because, see, the last days started when Jesus was conceived. Now, some people say the last days started when Jesus was born. Whether or not that you believe it was when he was conceived or whether you believe that he was, was born. But when Jesus came into the world, that was the beginning of the last days. And we're still in them. We've been in the last days for uh, about 2,000 years now. And the thing that is, we're in the last of the last days. Because it said, in the last days, perilous days shall come. Now, they've had perilous days in their day too. But we are coming across... 
some of the greatest, and when I say great, I don't mean good. I mean big, large, and difficult. For human beings, in verse 2, uh, should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud. You know, this fits today. Blasphemers, they, they'll tell you in no uncertain terms, I don't want to hear the word of God. I don't want to know what God's word has to say, and I don't need no God, and there is no God. Uh, you know, and, and, and then trying to take God's word and twist it and say, well, God, you know, basically saying that God put him in the wrong body. Well, God didn't put you in the wrong body. The problem is that you're struggling with something that, you know, other people may not be struggling with, but you're struggling with that. You know, and, and when you, uh, but but you see, the, the deal is, there really are people that are transgender, they're struggling with that, feeling like they're in the wrong body. There's some people that really have a deep emotional struggle with that. They really do. But there are so many of those people that are part of agendas that have come across from the LBGTQ, which I was a part of and, and the lord told me to come out from among them so i you know but god said you're a eunuch this is where you are this is where i want you to stand and i want you to go preach and i want you to teach and i said god people are not going to hear me and he said you preach anyway he said i he said whether they hear or whether they don't he said you go and you tell and so that's what i got to do so the word of god um it goes on to say in verse uh, two of chapter three in second timothy it says then there'll be disobedience of parents to parents and you know they've gone beyond that it's it's much further than just disobedient because you know they i, I heard uh, several times of different children that they actually killed their parents because the parents corrected them for something like they took their phone took them away from them and they killed their parents because so this is gone and you say well that's just a here and there no listen this 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 is not listen this isn't just any day we're living in. We are in the last of the last days. Now, who knows how long the Lord is going to allow the last days to go. We don't, we don't know how long the Lord is going to allow the last days to go. I don't know, uh, and you don't know. None of us know how long the Lord is going to allow the last days to go. Um, but... You know, that's that's up to the Lord. That's up to, to what He wants to do and what He says uh, is going to be the last days. You know, what, uh, I mean, we're not, we're not to sit there and question and say, well, Lord, when are you going to come? When is this day going to come? When are you going to, uh, you know, allow uh, you to come and take the church away and all of that kind of thing? That's up to God. You know, that's, uh, that's his um, business. You know, it, it really is. It's his business what he wants to do. And, and, and so, and the Bible tells us in um, James chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Okay? So even then they felt that, you know, the Lord could come back at any time. But he said, you know, you got to be patient and let your heart be established. Let God establish your heart. But listen to what it says in verse 7. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient about it. Because, you know, 
God, may, we know we're in the last of the last days. There's no question. When you read the rest of that chapter in 2 Timothy and chapter 3, keep reading it and look at all the things that are going on. And you can see, you can look at that and look at today and you know that you're in the last of the last days. But look at what verse says, uh, verse uh, 7 says in chapter three, uh, 5, uh, excuse me, chapter 5 of the book of James. It says, be patient therefore brethren. Now that bre word brethren means family of God. Be patient, therefore, brethren, or family of God, under the coming of the Lord. He said about the coming of the Lord or concerning the coming of the Lord. You've got to be patient. Why? Because this is the reason. Behold, he said, I want you to look at this. He said, the husbandman, all right? Now, the husbandman, what a husbandman is, is the one that took care of the garden. That's what a husbandman is. If you, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I got to get some water. Excuse me one second. I finally brought me some water in because when I get to talking, I get to coughing sometime. So the husband one is the one that takes care of the garden, takes care of uh, all of those things around. And the world is God's garden, you know. And uh, so it says, The husbandmen wait for the precious fruit of the earth. Well, that's talking about the people of God that are going to serve Him, that are going to live for Him. We, we are the fruit of the earth that we are the fruit of his loins well you say well what do you mean because we have been born in jesus christ we have been reborn in him we are a new creature in christ and so we were uh, dead without the lord and now because of our faith in the lord jesus christ we have come to new life and we have been brought to life in the lord and we are fruit that goes about and and don't don't you know the fruit gets tasted by everybody else because it says you bear the fruit. We are to bear the fruit of the Lord. At love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all those things. We're to bear those things off uh, of our tree that God has given us. This body, it's the temple of God. And God wants us to show that love and, and peace and, and, and joy and all those things to the world because they're going to be tasting that fruit from you. And if you ain't got that uh, fruit of the Spirit that Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23, I think it is. I'm going to go there just to make sure, but I think it's uh, Galatians uh, chapter 5. Uh, hold on one second. Galatians chapter 5. Uh, I want to read that. Uh, yeah. All right, 22 and 23. Yeah, it is. So it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and that's a capital S, so it's talking about God's Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and, and that would go along with this world. You know, you serve in the Lord. It is long-suffering. It is, is a suffering long here in this earth to deal with the agenda that's hit this earth. It is very difficult. It is so difficult to hear people, well, what's your pronouns? I mean, I remember when I went into the doctor's office this last time, and I was frustrated because I looked, they gave me this paper, and they said, we want you to fill this out, and they asked me what my pronouns. I said, what are you talking about? And I, I'm not going to go down that road. I ain't gonna, and, and you say, well, how how is it that you, but you were part of that group. You were you you called yourself gay for years and years and years. Well, I understand that, but when God calls you out of something, he said, look, this is where you are. You, you're a eunuch, you're going to live this way, and, and I, I'm going to guide you, and I'm going to lead you. Well, you got to obey the Lord. And I remember looking at that, and I made a comment on there. Now, I don't know that they were too happy about my comment, but I made a comment. And I said, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to tell you exactly what I said. I wasn't rude, and I wasn't hateful, but I made it known in no certain terms. <clears throat> I was not pleased with having to even write that. 
Because the first thing I, I said, what? With a question mark, with like two or three question marks. What? What are you talking about? Something like that. And then I went into, but listen, this is some long suffering. You know, there's some deal, you know, and, and if somebody says to me, what are your pronouns? I'll say, what? I'll say, look, I'm not going to go into that. You, <laughs> you either call me Brother John or you can call me Brother J.W. Brand or you can call me Brother Brand. You know what I'm saying? Or you might call me a dog. I mean, you know, it's up to you. Some people, uh, you know, uh, they might say, well, I know your past. Well, you know, you're going to be like the devil and bring up my past. You know, the Lord, he doesn't do that when you, you say, well, you know, you backslid and then you, you came back to the Lord, and then you backslid, and you came back. Listen, <clears throat> you know, God is able to forgive. He's long-suffering. He's not going to ask you to be long-suffering if he wasn't long-suffering, because I'm going to tell you what, God was long-suffering with me, and I don't understand it. I don't know why the Lord was so long-suffering, but I'm so glad he was because he's brought me to where I am today. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance against such, there is no law. So those are, and then in verse 24, I do want to read this. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not uh, be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. And so, you know, I understand this world is difficult and it's hard to get on through sometimes. But the husbandman in uh, uh, James chapter 5, verse 7, says, Be patient, patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, the one taking care of everything and all the fruit, and we're bearing the fruit off of the, out of the Spirit. You can't do it without the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me you got love and joy and long-suffering. I, I heard somebody say to me, Oh, that's part of the LBGTQ community. Oh, don't give me that. Because you sure are not showing some of these things. Because if you look up the word love in the Bible, oh no, you should go to uh, our podcast when we were, not podcast, excuse me. Well, actually, that's true. Uh, the podcast, we did a podcast about God's love. And you can go to that. But also some of uh, uh, the messages that God gave me in the Bible study uh, on our Wednesday night uh, Bible study in the Eunuch Preacher uh, uh, on YouTube, our YouTube channel, The Eunuch Preacher. And then as well in our uh, worship services on Saturday, uh, you know, a lot of times talking about the love of God. Well, the love of God and the love that the world has, they don't, they don't even match up. They they do not match up. And I'm going to tell you what, if the LBGTQ community going to sit there and say, oh yeah, we got these fruits, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that you understand you lying and going to hell. You're lying and going to hell and you're going to have to repent and you're going to burn in that lake of fire. And you say, oh, it's just a crazy preacher. No, I'm not. Uh-uh. I'm in my right mind. I'm not the one that's crazy here. Okay? Because anybody that's got a mind to say there is no God, the Bible calls you a fool. If you say there's no God, you say, well, I'm not saying there ain't no God. Well, if you're not saying there's no God, then how come you're not listening to him? Because he said, what does it do that you, you know me and you hear my word, but you don't obey? You see? Because that's, that's the, the difference there. All right, so chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth. Because we're precious to the Lord. And have long patience for it. Did you see that? You don't get, get your book, get your Bible out, get your King James Bible out, not your new King James Version. Just get that King James Version out. And uh, chapter 5, verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, of the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, 
and have long patience for it. He's got long patience. And then it says, until he receiveth the early and latter rain. So in other words, God knows who it is that he's waiting on. So you and I, all we got to do is just be about our father's business. Don't worry about whether the latter rain's been taken up yet or not or whatever. We just got to be about our business, you know, about our father's business and do what we got to do. So this is what God called me to do, the podcast, the, the um, YouTube, uh, the unit preacher uh, YouTube channel and, and all that. And God, until I don't know how long the Lord going to have me do that. I don't know. I don't know what the Lord's going to, but I'm just going to let him lead. Because I do know that sometimes God allows you to be in a place and a space that he calls you to, like he called us to foster care and uh, and to adopt some children and all that kind of thing. But then there was a point in time when the Lord said, okay, it's done. It's time finished. And the Lord actually told me that after we'd done it for 10 years. And he said, the time is up. But I didn't listen. And because I didn't listen, I, my health started failing, and so we went on for another another bit of time. But actually, it was a, right before the tenth year came. But um, but in any event, you got to learn to listen to the Lord because because see, the Lord knew that my health was going to start failing if I didn't stop. He knew that the pressure that I was under. Because I'm going to tell you what, anybody that's a foster parent nowadays, I, my heart really goes out to you because. Uh, there's things that y'all are dealing with that I just there was the Lord knew I was not going to be able to deal with some of the things that that foster parents are having to deal with and uh, when I say deal with I'm talking about Christian people that there's certain agendas that they have to accept that I'm the Lord knew I was not going to be willing to do because even you know when we were um, at one point you know we we used that term and called ourselves gay and all that kind of thing. But there were certain lines that I knew I couldn't cross and I was not going to um, as far as, you know, as you're walking with the Lord. Now, when I backslid and I wasn't living for the Lord, I, I wasn't living right. And I've said to y'all, I was I was a whore. I was a whoremonger. I was not, when I wasn't living for the Lord, I, I was a flat out whore. And, uh, and when you, when God gets a hold of you and you, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. When God gets a hold of you and turns you around, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I get excited when I think about what Jesus has done for me. Hallelujah. God has been good to me. Hallelujah. Thank you for your patience and your long suffering, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I thank God. For what he's done. And I thank him that he's brought us a long way. A long way. Hallelujah. But listen. Be patient. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. And I, you know, I was telling somebody yesterday. I said, I can't believe that I'm where I am now and where I was like 25 years ago. I, it just astounds me. The, the way that the Lord was so patient. And, and then... Not only that, that, that God has allowed me uh, to just really turn things around for me. Because, you know, when you backslide, uh, you, you, the devil will blind you. And, and, and even though um, 
you know, when I was, when, when the Lord called me to come back and I saw it and, and all of that, and I began to really walk back to the Lord and, uh, coming back and, 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 and beginning to, um, just really take hold of what God was saying step by step. And God was so patient with me. And, and I know some people just don't understand that. And it wasn't that I wasn't giving my all and everything, but the Lord was so patient with me and step by step and, and allowing me to, to move forward and all because I had suffered so much pain and so much uh, spiritual abuse and so much uh, physical abuse as well and um, pain and suffering emotionally, just so many things. And God was really patient and really helping me piece by piece to, you know, it's like my, my um, you know, sin will shatter your world. And when you make your way back to the Lord as you prodigal, God is going to put your world back together. But sometimes your world is so shattered. And it's not that the Lord can't just instantly put it back together. But some people, they ain't got no wisdom. And they'll run their mouth and say, oh, no, it, the Lord don't work that way. Well, I, I've got Bible on it. I sure do. I sure do. I can show you some verses, you know, because I had somebody say to me one time, and say, oh, well, these people here, you know, they, they may not, um, you know, their faith may not be where it needs to be as to why they don't get a healing or whatever. And um, that kind of thing. But I can show you in Scripture where the Lord... He took the time to heal somebody. You see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the blind man. When Jesus um, touched him the first time, he, he wasn't completely healed at that moment. At that second is what I mean. God certainly was, was healing him and the healing virtue was moving through and working its work. But what I mean is that God did not allow it to come instantaneous where he gained his complete sight instantaneously. Now, God did do that many times. But this one particular time, the Lord shows us in the scripture, he didn't do it that way. And then the Lord touched him again, and then he was able, because first he saw people as looking like they were trees. And then next thing you know, he saw things more clear. So, but the Lord allows us to see that in the scripture because uh, he wants us to understand sometimes God will uh, take some time with things and, and putting things back together in the manner that it's going to be. And so you let God be God. Don't try to be God. Let God be God. And you know, that reminds me, I didn't finish what I was saying earlier about the one preacher that uh, he was a minister in our church and I was trying to, and this is going to give you an idea of what I mean. Because some people got a certain mind about things. And this particular sister, she got this one disease and it, was, it could, uh, you know, eventually could cause death and, and that kind of thing. But uh, some people live with it for a long period of time, and, and, and it doesn't go that way. But they can suffer a lot of pain and, and all that. Well, sometime that sister was in so much pain that she just could not really get up out of the bed and get to church. Well, that upset her husband because uh, he felt like his wife ought to be in the church uh, house every day. Now, I, I am every moment that is open. but And I believe in, in those things in that you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. But there's a difference in forsaking it and you just you just don't have the strength and the ability to get up uh, because you're you're sick or you're broken. And the Bible talks about us calling the elders of the church to come. You see it in the book of James uh, to pray over the sick 
and the weak and all that kind of thing. But you know, sometimes God will heal people here, and sometimes God's going to heal them over there when He gives them their new body. But in any event, and that's not a cop-out. I know some people say, oh, that's just a cop-out. You say your God can heal, that's just a cop-out. No, it's not a cop-out. Because I have seen people, and I absolutely believe 100% God can heal people instantaneously. I've seen it. I've watched it with my own eyes. So I know it's true. But I also have seen it where God has given people gradual healings. And I've also seen where people received their healing. Their, their healing came, you know, God allows them to come to death's door. And death's door is entering into uh, eternal life with the Lord if you're right with him. If you are right with him. If you're not right with him, you're going to hell. And you got to turn around. you got to repent. But anyway, this particular sister, she she just sometimes was racked with so much pain because of the disease. And he would get so frustrated. Now, I was privy to that information. It was not just gossip, but privy to this information. Uh, because, uh, you know, different ones of us fellowship with different ones. I'll just leave it at that. And... Um, well, he would get upset with her, and he would get frustrated with her uh, because she truly was sick. Now, I'm not talking about somebody just using, oh, well, I got to, you know, I don't, I don't feel like going. I'm tired. I don't, I'm not talking about that. But, you know, I'm talking about people who really are so sick they can't get out of the bed, and then they can't get to church. That's what I'm talking about. But, but she was there. That was her place that she was at but yet this brother just could not uh, deal with that and uh, would speak to her disrespectfully in that and and he would go on and she would stay behind but you know it made her feel bad and um but she eventually died she actually the disease took her out and she died and she died actually um at a very young age and left um him with children that they had and so what i'm saying to y'all is this don't assume that um you know everything's just a b c and there's nothing else and i'm not looking at anything else and i can't look the thing of it is god's not always going to let you see Sometimes you have to just accept things and let God deal with things and stop being so prideful that you think that you're going to see whatever it is that God is doing. Sometimes you can't see that. And I'll tell you this, many times you can't see that. And so we have to be patient and let God be God. Let Him do the work in, in the lives of each and every individual Um and, and and trust that God is doing whatever it is that you're praying about. If you, it, you know, if you're praying for God to do, you know, um, if we look at chapter 5 in the book of James and we go down to verse 13, it says, if any among you be afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing a song, psalms. Uh, verse 14, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him anointing that person with oil in the name of the Lord. In verse 15, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, he shall be forgiven him. So, 
Then it says in verse 16, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So prayer is where we go as the people of God. We take our needs to to the Lord and you see these different needs being uh, laid out here in these verses of Scripture. And... Um, Without prayer, you don't have communication with God. You don't have communion with Him. You don't. Um, you have dropped everything when you stop talking to Him, because it doesn't do you any good to read the Bible if you're not going to talk to the Lord. Because you're going to get things fouled up. You're going to get things. Because what you're doing is you're running off your own thoughts and mind and your own ideas. That doesn't work. You got to get the mind of the Lord. That's why you got to pray. But you know what? You ain't going to get there if your life is full of sin because the Bible says that God is, he does not listen. I don't know where this thing came from. Uh, talking about the sinner's prayer. You know, oh, the Lord will listen to sin. No, he's not. He's not going to listen unless you repent. And a lot of preachers will not teach that any longer. They don't want to talk about repentance because they don't know what to do with it. Because they'll say, well, then that means I've got to talk about different things in, in the Scripture. Well, you do. And you can't leave anything out. That's why we want to talk about God's whole Word. Because you're going to have to teach repentance. Because people need to know that God is not going to listen to them if they don't repent. That's just the way that it is. And I've got plenty of Bible to, you know, you stick around on God's whole Word or listen to any of the other um, lessons or podcasts and Bible lessons on our Wednesday night Bible study with a eunuch preacher um, on our uh, YouTube channel, or, or even the Sabbath messages. We have worship service on Saturday. Uh, you go into our worship services, and and you... Now, I am going to say this real quick. Uh, I'm, I've considered... I think I'm going to be deleting some of those because maybe a lot of them. Because I noticed that the singing and the music, it sounds terrible on the on the YouTube channel. It just sounds awful. I mean, it sounds so awful. And, and then not only that, but, you know, we have our prayer meeting before we start worship service. And I think some people might misinterpret, misunderstand. We're not there trying to show. I mean, we literally are trying to let people know look you can go to god and you can pray to him and you can really you know when you go to a church they pray there's nothing wrong with public prayer but i noticed that the singing and the music is just it's horrific it sounds terrible i mean i was getting on my own nerves listening to us sing so i said you know i think we're going to delete some of those but i don't know when we're going to do that or how many or whatever but you can go on uh the eunuch preacher uh the youtube channel the eunuch preacher and you can look those things up the word eunuch some people don't know so i'm gonna spell it uh capital a e is capital e u n u c h capital e n u c h the eunuch preacher and they're three separate words and you can google it or not google it excuse me you can um, well actually i guess you do google it on youtube I don't know all the terms. I guess that's the way to say it. I'm, I'm not very tech savvy. Uh, 
But anyway, look up the eunuch preacher on the YouTube. I guess that's how I say it. Um, and, and a lot of those lessons, even in those messages, because on our Sabbath services, uh, preaching the messages that go across there are generally to reach the lost or the backslider or whatever. But a lot of times I'm talking about a lot of different things. And you can find some of the explanations about God's love. And you can find that in our Bible studies and the podcast, God's Whole Word. Because God's love is explained far different than what the LBGTQ community... Because I actually heard somebody say, Oh, I read those fruits of the Spirit and that is the LBGTQ community. I can tell you right now it's not because I was a part of it and I know how people go and I know what their attitudes and their behaviors, the way that they um, you know, carry themselves, their thoughts and all these different things that I saw. And I, you know, and it, it would bother me, but I just kept going with it because uh, I thought, you know, the church don't know how to deal with my struggles. And then whenever I go to get help, then, you know, then I got a pastor trying to pull me into bed with him and uh, just different things. And so I, I've struggled a lot. I've had a lot of things over the years that I've had to deal with and I've had to get through. But I do want to say that and I do want people to have the detail of my testimony because I want you to know something. I don't care what you've been through. I know you could take enough from all the struggles that I've told you about in my testimony that you yourself could say, you know what? If if Brother J.W. Brand can get through this, I can get through it too. And if I could... If I could encourage you and help you in that way, and I feel like that I've been a blessing to you. Because, look, the Lord is coming back. Listen, stop listening to all those folks that just say, oh, that Bible's not really real. Listen, that's a lie. The devil wants you, he wants you to believe that. But I'm telling you, God has preserved his word. And in he loves us. He has given us his word to give us everything we need. The Bible says in the book of Peter, he's given us everything for uh, uh, life and godliness. And the Lord truly has done that. So you can get through. God can give you the strength. And God can encourage you. God can help you if you will just let him. If you let him. Now look, I don't have a whole lot of support, y'all. I really don't. I don't have a whole lot of support as far as outside support, even to this day. Because a lot of people, they just, uh, some of my family to this day don't speak to me because of the past that I had and uh, where I, you know, how I, my life was. Uh, even though, you know, Brother Vern and I, we've made a lot of changes in our lives and turned to the Lord and serving Him with what He's called us to do and the ministry He's called us to. But I have to go on and I have to forgive and I have to just keep moving forward because, um, you know, God is going to give you what you need. He will. And uh, I'm, I'm praying that we can be a help and encouragement to folks that may be struggling. Maybe you, maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you think, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a part of all that stuff. And I don't want to deal with all that stuff. And I see so many problems. And, and maybe you've been in and out of relationships, you know, like, like I was. I mean, um, I had been in relationships with several men after my wife and I divorced and left completely left the church for a long, long time. Um, you know, backslid and and, uh, and 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 you know, and then I finally came back to the church because I I was looking, I was seeing, getting in relationships with people that you know 
they didn't understand the word of God. They didn't understand about living for God. They didn't, and 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 you're wrapping yourself around that kind of thought process and the kind of mindset when you know better. You know, if you've been around, if you maybe you yourself, maybe you fell, um, maybe in some other sin. I don't know, or the same. I don't know. But listen, God can help us. Together, we can get through this. God can help us through because. Um, because God is good and God wants us uh, to keep moving forward. He wants us to be there for one another and strengthen one another and pray for one another. And we see we see that in chapter 5 of the book of James that you know we're to pray for one another. In verse 16 it says, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed and, and all of that. And, and so um, there's a lot of things to be said about these things. And I... Like I said, uh, there's some things I'm just not going to be sharing on the podcast or even uh, in my um, Bible lessons on our Wednesday night Bible studies or uh, even in the, the um, messages that God gives me to reach the lost in the backslider. But I will, with the help of the Lord, um, move forward to... Um, to put the things that need to be put in the book and and praying for God uh, to help me to find the to get the book finished and to get the publisher that's needed that God wants um, and and uh, so with that said y'all pray for me and I'll pray for you and um, but remember I, I I want you to hear this verse that's in chapter four of the book of James. It says, um, verse 6. This is chapter 4 and verse 6 of the book of James. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Okay? And that word resist, you know, in other words, God is going to oppose you. If you're going to be prideful, God is literally going to oppose you. He's going to stand against you. And so if you've got a mind, this is the reason why I try to tell people, look, I've tried to express to people that are in the LBGT community, the ones that I've over the years tried to talk to, you can't put yourself in that position of pride that is being done so blatantly because God is going to be opposed to you. God is literally going to stand in opposition to you. But he says here, he says, God give, uh, resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. We've got to humble ourselves because the Lord is good and God is going to be there to get us through whatever we need to get through. Verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. We've got to draw, but notice it says, Draw nigh to God first. Then God will draw. Because God's not going to beat your door down. You got to draw a knight of God first. You got to be the one to take the first step, and that shows that you're willing to be humble. You don't stand back and say, "Well, I'm gonna wait for God." Well, that's pride, and God resists that. God opposes people with that kind of attitude. So, um, we, we've got to turn back to God. He says in verse eight, "Draw nigh to God, and He'll draw nigh to you." And cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. 
And uh, then in verse 9 it says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter turn to mourning and your joy turn to heaviness. That verse 9 is talking about basically repenting and being sorrowful for your sin. We've got to, we've got to let the Lord know where we are. You know, when I think about the whorish way that I lived, I mean, when, because uh, like I said, I was a hoe. I, I'm telling you what, I live like the devil. Now, I didn't, there were some things I didn't do. Uh, I remember one time there was a particular person, and um, him and I had been friends, and he, this is when I was backslid, and, and he, um, you know, we were just friends and not gotten sexual or anything like that, and it never did. But him and I were friends. We got to be friends, met one another from somebody else, you know. And he said to me one day, he wanted to be in a relationship with me. Now, this when I was, um, you know, I had been living in a manner that I shouldn't because even at that time, you know, he, he was my friend, but I, I was still being a whore and just going all over the place and um, doing what whores do, you know. Um, now, I don't mean I took money, but but just the way that I lived. And uh, but anyway, he said what he did. And you say I can't believe you're talking like this on this podcast. I'm talking like this because I want people to to know. Listen, people can come from all places and spaces to to come back to God, or maybe they backslid. You know, when people saw that I came back to the Lord at one point, there were people that wouldn't even pray with me. They wouldn't even go down the altar and pray with me, and that's not right. You know, we've got, but I had to forgive them too. You know, God, so you put yourself where you need to be and let God work on you and you forgive them and let God deal with them. Don't don't take that on for yourself. But I'm just saying, things have got to be understood. You you can't do that. You can't be, you're not judge and juror. You're not God. You, you've got to let God be God. And if God has drawn somebody back and they're coming down the altar and you refuse to repent, to to uh, pray for them because you've interpreted scripture a certain way and you figure well there's no way they could come back to god then you've got to go back to the lord yourself because you you've put yourself in a high and mighty place you've become spiritually proud and god is going to deal with you god will take you down because whether or not you pretend you're serving the lord or whether you're just walking like the devil and you're living like a whore if you got pride in your heart, I'm going to tell you what, God's going to take you down one way or another. I don't care if you're in the church or not. I don't care if you belong to the choir. I don't care if you belong to uh, some board, church board or whatever. If you're living in pride and you just spiritual pride or pride of the world or whatever, God's going to take you down because he opposes pride. He, he hates it. It's something he hates. And so we've got to get it out of our heart and our soul. But, um, you know, when you go on and read this, it says, be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. So many people, if you tell them that now that's in this generation, they would be so upset with you telling telling them that. Oh, no, that's a terrible thing. You're telling me to go into emotional upsetness. and then I mean, they'll go on and on. And they will literally stand against what you're saying. Because you got to remember, they're not really standing against you. It's God's word they're standing against. It's God's word that they hate. Not you per se. 
Now, they may hate you too because you're saying it, but what they really hate is the Word of God. Because God is saying that we've got to get to that place of repenting of our sins. You've got to repent of your sins. And you have got to allow it to even look like this. To be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Because you've got to be sorry for your sin. And repent and turn and let God know. You see, that's the scripture talks about breaking up the fallow ground. That hard, dry ground. God's got to uh, work on you and allow you to get to that place where you will be broken enough that you will humble yourself. And then the Bible in verse 10, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So we've got to let ourselves be broken before God so that God can do something with us. But if we allow pride to take over, well, my goodness, what, God, what can God do? God, God can't do nothing. If you're going to let your pride be there, then, then God cannot help you is what I mean when I said he can't do nothing. He can't help you in your rotten, stinking pride if you're going to hold on to it. All he can do is say to you more than one time, Okay, because I'm sure that God, with the people that are prideful, sometimes I've seen some people, I've watched specific people. I'm not going to name who they are, and I'm not going to say how they fit in my family. But some people, God has allowed certain medical conditions to come to them because they are so prideful. God has allowed certain things to come. And that means some very difficult thing. Because they just, and I even had... Uh, certain ones that said some very, very harsh things against God. I mean, very prideful, right to my face. And I, I, you know, I tried to warn them and I tried to, you know, but they didn't listen and then things happen. Well, if you go back to them and say, okay, I tried to tell you, but you didn't listen. They don't want to hear that because they don't think that, listen, when it says that God is going to, resist us if we walk in a prideful manner that means god is going to oppose you and i if we walk in a prideful manner god is literally going to oppose you he's not going to walk with you he's going to walk against you and so we've got to humble ourselves and allow god to be god i remember one not long ago i saw a particular young man who was a neighbor of ours and and uh you know, he knew me as a man of God and all of that. And I've tried to befriend him, you know, just to uh, cordially as a neighbor and and, uh, and that. Just trying to be friends with neighbors. And, and uh, you know, one thing led to another. I'm not going to give all the detail. But at one point he was standing in his yard and I said something to him because he wanted to, he would bring up the Bible. And he would bring up certain things because he knew um, that I was Pentecostal. He knew that I was apostolic, and he knew, well, he had backslid from that way. I didn't know that until he started talking to me. And he said something to me one day, and he, I said, you need to be very careful what you're saying. And he goes, ooh, should I be afraid of God? Do you know within less than 24 hours the next day, the next day, less than 24 hours later, the next day, he was going to work in his whole car and began to fall apart. And they had to tow it home. Within 30 days, he lost his home, his job, everything. And was out of here. Lost everything. And so, 
And I went over there the next day when I saw his car just falling apart and he had it towed home and he couldn't even get to work. And I looked at him and I said, do you remember that conversation you had with me yesterday? And he got upset with me and he said, no, no, that's not it. I said, okay. And I walked off. And within 30 days, he literally lost everything. He lost his job, he lost his home, lost everything. And uh, somebody else lives there now and guess what? God actually moved some Pentecostals in. <laughs> So you know God, don't play with God. No, 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 no. You don't play with God. You don't mess with God. Hallelujah. So sometimes, you know, they'll hear our Pentecostal music going, and then sometimes we, they say, you, I don't know if you hear, uh, you know, my wife over here singing. I say, it's all right, because, uh, you know, we over here singing to the Lord, too. So it's actually really been a blessing with that. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy about that. But um, anyway, I, I've been so... Um, blessed to be able to talk to y'all again and i hope that my testimony and those things that i've said has helped somebody uh, i really mean that i truly truly mean that and maybe somebody y'all listening to this that maybe you got somebody that you could maybe encourage them uh, to listen if you think that it would help i don't know maybe some people just think well that won't help and, and that's okay if it you know but you but but do this won't you do this won't you pray and ask the lord to lead you if you've got anybody that's struggling with anything and you really serving the lord and you want to help somebody pray for the lord to lead you for whatever it is that god wants you to do because maybe this you know this podcast or this ministry or whatever is not for everybody not going to help everybody but um but you know but god is able to uh use whatever ministry that needs to be used and uh trust me there's there's lots of people out there that really love the Lord, really serve the Lord, that have ministries that's going to fit what God is needing to fit for certain specific people. You know, the Lord knows what he's doing. And so let's let God be God, and let's keep serving the Lord. And I want to encourage those of you that really are trying to serve the Lord, living separate from the world, living a holy life, keep on living a holy life, keep on living a separate life. Don't let this world drag you down. Don't let him pull you into the agendas that have hit this earth. Don't allow the devil to, to just keep beating at you and beating at you where you get exhausted. No, hang on, be patient because the Lord has got, he wants the precious fruit of the earth, but he said be patient and let God do what he's going to do because he wants the latter rain just as he got the former rain. God wants the latter rain too. Let God be God. Let, let's keep serving him. Let's keep walking with him and let's keep honoring him because God is good. Hallelujah. And so in Jesus' name, uh, I'm out for right now. And y'all have a good, blessed uh, weekend. And like I said, I'd like to encourage you, if you would, uh, we have our um, worship services tomorrow on Saturday. And by the time we, we pre-tape all, and by the time we get them pre-taped, now I don't know that y'all see a lot of the singing like we had before. I'm, we're going to change that up because it, it just doesn't... Our sound system is not good, and it just sound it sounded awful. It really did. So I know if I got on my own nerves, listen to it, probably got on other people's nerves too. So we're just going to uh, change that up. So you won't hear as much of the music, but we'll have a uh, less uh, uh, message and all that. But certainly praying and uh, worshiping the Lord and all that. And I'd like to encourage you to do that. Um, and, and and just just uh, know this. You know, if this ain't your cup of tea, I understand because it's not going to be the cup of tea for everybody. It really not. But but please understand, there are people out there like me that 
they've, they've struggled with so many things. Please be loving and caring and patient. Even if they are part of that agenda and, and you just say, I just want them to come out of that mess. Listen, God is able to do anything. You know, it took me years and years and years uh, to, to, you know, let go of my prideful ways and let God do what He wanted to do and, and, and just turn me around. So be patient because God is able to do anything. Trust Him. Trust Him. God is good. And, uh, and, but, you know, don't, don't let things be, uh, you know, seen the way you think they ought to be seen. And I say that because, you know, it's like that, that one brother that refused to pray for me that night. I went down the altar and, and, and he made it known to people around him. I'm not praying for him. Uh, because he thought that I, I, he said, no. He said, because where he went and life he lived, he can't be saved. He believed that. And he quoted certain scripture that was misinterpreted. So don't think that things got to be the way that you see them because you might be misinterpreting something. You know, you, you're going to have to understand there are people that, that struggle with uh, all the things that I've mentioned on this um, podcast in this, um, you know, testimony, I guess you could call it, uh, people that struggle with these things. And you really um, have to understand, they, they really do. I mean, I, I remember, uh, well, I'm going to take a moment to say this, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close up shop here for a moment. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to end the podcast permanently. I don't mean that. But uh, anyway, but... Um, when my mom was dying, uh, she was in a hospice center. And, um, you know, this was a point when the Lord was... I had met Brother Vernon uh, in the Metropolitan Community Church. It was called Metropolitan Community Church. I don't know if I'm saying that right where people can hear it. Metropolitan Community Church. Okay, I had to say it slow enough. Um and I'm going to say this to anybody. If you are part of that church, you need to get out. You need to get out of there. But um, but I was there, and that's where Brother Vernon and I met and um, and all. But the Lord eventually called us out of there. He, he's made it real clear. And uh, there were different reasons for that. And uh, I hate to keep saying this. I don't mean to just keep repeating this, but I'm going to get into detail in the book about that uh, and the reasons why. That you get, you know. But but I will say this: some people just, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to frustrate you where you might want detail. But there are let me just say this: there's agendas there that stand against God's word. There are things that are said. There are things that are done that are absolutely squarely against the word of God. And I can't stress that enough. Um, but anyway. Um, but you know when you're backslidden, you're blind, and all, you, you just you don't see your way. So if you got relatives, be patient. Just be patient. Don't 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 try to uh, press things in an overbearing way. Just take your need to God in prayer. If you're gonna pray to Him, trust Him. I mean, what's the point in praying if you ain't gonna trust Him? Because I know my grandmother prayed for me in so many different ones. But um, anyway. When my mother was dying, she was in the, this hospice center. And, you know, Brother Vernon and I, God had already called us out of there. But we had all these children that we had taken in. And, and God was um, leading us to continue to take care of them all. 
and uh, plus pastor in the church that uh, God had called us to do. And I know some people don't understand that. Uh, but God had called us, and uh, uh, we had I had the, the privilege and honor of being able to baptize my own mother in Jesus' name. And uh, even at one time, uh, baptizing Brother Vernon in Jesus' name, and, and, uh, and, and his daughter finally came from previous marriage. She got baptized in Jesus' name, and um, uh, different ones, and some that came from uh, the, out of the metropolitan community church, uh, that we're part of that we had baptized also in Jesus name but 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 in any event um you know just walking along trying to do what God has called us to do and doing the best with what God has called us to do and everything and um my mother ended up you know to a place where she was she was about ready to go and and she went into the hospice center and I remember there was a worker there that was a part of my mother's team uh, if anybody has been a part of a hospice situation, you know, hospice um, program or anything, you you know what I mean by a team that works with you. And this particular one, she she called me in one of the rooms there one day because what happened was, uh, you know, I, like I said, when God called us out to come out from among them and, and God began to work on our lives and our heart and turning us around and then called us to ministry and everything. And we, um, you know, as we passed the church, we knew that God wanted us to teach separation from the world and, and uh, holiness and all of those things, including outward holiness. And so we would teach the women, women dress like women, men dress like men. Um, our daughters all wore skirts or dresses, and uh, and they didn't cut their hair. You know, they wear long hair, and our our boys wore short hair. And you know, Brother Vernon and I kept our hair decent and short. And uh, but anyway, I said that because it it caused us to to stand out very distinctly. And so, and we had nine kids. You know, and they were all part of the many of them attending the church, part of the church. Um you know, enjoying the worship and everything. So when mom went into the hospice center, uh, we would all go for visits because it was just mama's last few days and they, they knew her as their grandma and they had seen grandma. You know, she came back to the Lord uh, under my ministry and I was so honored to be able to pastor her those last few years and uh, she grew in the Lord, and uh, you know, and they knew Grandma is the one that would stand up. And when Grandma stood up to testify, you knew it was going to be a while, because <laughs> Grandma, uh, I called her Grandma, but she's my mom. But um, when she stand up to testify, it was going to be a bit because she wanted to tell about all the things the Lord had done for her, and it was it was just really a blessing to watch her and listen to her, and uh, she almost sounded like she's get to preaching. And uh, but anyway, uh, we were going in and out. And every day, you know, uh, we would come with the kids because we wanted them to visit with Grandma. And uh, and they had a children's room where the kids could go in and uh, they could watch movies or they could play with the toys and the games and read the books or whatever they had in there. Well, this one woman kept watching us as we'd come through, and our children, you know, they were, you know, a lot of them teenagers. Um, and, and the girls, you know, dressed modestly. And, well, all of us, you know, li living as God calls you to dress modestly. So we taught them those things. And we taught the, the girls, you know, you, the Bible in Deuteronomy 22.5, you know, uh, God don't want women to wear what pertains to the man, a man to the woman. And that's what we taught because that's the word of God. 
And no, we didn't teach them as though we were under the law of Moses. Y'all got that twisted up if that's what you think. You need to be listening to some teaching about that. And if you don't want to hear me teaching, then go find yourself a oneness apostolic Pentecostal church that's going to hold on to those standards as well, just as we do, uh, and, and learn what God's Word says because that's not... Uh, that verse is not necessarily what you would consider under the Mosaic law. It was something that was an abomination to God, which is whole. And, and it was, um, you know, in that day and time and, and spoken with Moses and all of that. But it was still an abomination unto God and still is to this day. So we taught our children to live right and holy and, and all of that. So this one woman, she would see us come and go. She fin finally, uh, after several days of seeing that, and she saw our children, you know, we had nine kids, and they were all so respectful and uh, and and behaving and, and that kind of thing. And and uh, she pulled me into one of the rooms one day, and she said, I need to talk to you. And so I said, okay. And I thought it was concerning my mom, and she goes, I've lost a lot of sleep over you guys. I said, okay. I didn't know what she was talking about. She goes, look. I'm Southern Baptist. And she said, and I know that you and Vernon, you know, you've been in a relationship and you've, uh, and all that, and you guys have adopted children and all this kind of thing. He said, but she said, I've watched you and I see how you serve the Lord and how you, you know, because I talk about the Lord to everybody that was there. Um, because the Lord means everything to me. He's everything to me. And um, she said, I'm confused. I said, I, I don't understand. She said, I was up all night and I was praying to God. And she said, Lord, I'm so confused. I don't understand because I've been taught that there's nobody like you. Um, you know, at that time we were still calling ourselves gay, but we knew we had come out from among them, as God had said, but we just didn't know what else to say. So but we were living a different life, living holy and living unto God and not uh, living in the manner that would be ungodly and unholy, I guess you would say, separate from the world and separate from the agenda and all of those things. But just trying to walk through it as best as we could, not knowing really where the Lord was going to lead us. And at that point in time, I, we hadn't got to that place of understanding of being a eunuch and that kind of thing. But she said, I'm just so confused. She said, because I've been taught that, um, that gay people are so, um, they, don't, they don't live for the Lord and they don't love the Lord. And she said, I, I don't know what to think. She goes, I'm just, um, she goes, so, you know, after having a long conversation with God and losing so much sleep, she said, I'm just going to leave it in God's hands. She said, but I want you to know, she was, she wanted me to know she goes, you've been a blessing. She said, because I, I, I can see you, you, you guys really do love the Lord. And you're teaching these children to love the Lord. And, um, and this came out of a Southern Baptist woman's mouth. And so I was stunned with her. I was absolutely shocked. And I actually had a, a chaplain who was Assembly of God that was willing to do my mother's um, funeral. And um, it, it was just such a blessing to see 
that there are some kind people and there are some people that you may not understand everything and, and maybe we didn't understand everything either. You know, God was leading us and directing us and guiding us along and he's still doing that, still guiding us along. But one thing I can say is, look, um, we've got to be about our father's business and we've got to work uh, our father's business and reach the lost because the Lord is on his way back and he's wanting that latter rain uh, to be brought in. And we, you know, the Bible says that the book of Corinthians uh, in the book of Corinthians that the Lord gives us the ministry of reconciliation that we have got to be reconciling people back to God now that don't mean you reconcile them back to some unholy alliance that you've got going on that you think is is uh, going to bring you to God such as uh, what you see in the metropolitan community church and so many other churches that have latched on to this gay agenda that's a part of the lbgtq uh, agenda and all the things that have gone on with transgenderism and different things and you say you know and and maybe some of y'all you still kind of confused with with me i don't know maybe you are but listen um there is people out there that we love the lord we're wanting to live a holy life separated under God and, and honoring God and being obedient to God and serving Him with all of our heart. Um, and um, I just want to encourage people to let God be God and let God use the people that He's going to use because the Lord even said, uh, you can find it in the book of Corinthians, that the Apostle Paul said, God is going to use those that even are dis despised. They're despised of the Lord because He calls them the those that are base and that word base when you look it up is those that are despised i can assure you i am very despised by many many people because over the years for different reasons to the point that like i said a lot of our family members um mine in particular they won't speak to me and they say they're christians um and has it been hurtful? Yeah, but you know we all deal with hurt. We all deal with pain. And so what does God call me to do? God calls me to forgive, and God calls me to love, and that's what I've got to do. And so I, I want to encourage those that, you know, maybe you, maybe, I, I don't know why I've taken so long. I've actually taken longer this time than I did yesterday. But maybe there's somebody out there that really needs to hear this and really needs to know, look, the Lord wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. God wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. But you've got to repent. God is not going to give the Holy Ghost to nobody that don't obey Him. And we've got to obey Him in repentance and turn to Him. And so I would encourage you to just keep walking with the Lord and serving Him and reaching for Him. And God will. He's got the power to, to lead you and direct you into all truth. He will do that. So without any further ado, I'm going to let you all go. And I'm just hoping you enjoy your evening. And just be blessed. God bless.